promised to be a fair season. It is often said that a madness takes possession of certain hares in spring, and any beast watching the performance of one such creature would have had his worst fears confirmed. Tamalo Deformalo Tussock, to give this young hare his full title, was doing battle with imaginary enemies. Armed with stick and slingshot, he flung himself recklessly from a rock ledge, whirling the stone-loaded sling and thwacking left and right with his stick, yelling, You lady, have at your villainous vermin. Tis myself, Captain Tamio of the Long Patrol. Take that, you wicked weasel. Ha! Thought you'd sneak up behind a chap, eh? Well, have some of this, you rat and rot. Big pardon, rotten rat. Hurling himself down in the snow, he lashed out powerfully with his long back legs. What hell? That'll give your belly ache to last the season, Milano. Want some more? Ha <laughs> ha, thought you didn't. Go on, run for your lives, you cowardly crew. It'll take more than 500 of you to bring down Captain Tamo by the lifted wood. Satisfied that he had given a justly deserved thrashing to half a thousand fictitious foe beasts, Tamo sat up in the snow eating a few pawfuls to cool himself down. Just let him come back. I'll show the blighters what. There ain't a foe beast in the blinking land can defeat me. Yeah, get off! He felt himself hauled roughly upright by both ears. Lionel and Saith, Tamil's elder brother and sister, had sneaked up and grabbed him. Playing soldiers again? Lionel's firm grip indicated that there would be no chance of escape. Tamo's embarrassment at being caught at his game made him even more indignant. Unhand me at once, Milero, if you know what's good for you, he said, struggling. I can walk by myself. Said gave Tamo's ear an extra tweak as she admonished him. Colonel wants a word with you, wretch, about his battle axe. Tamo finally struggled free and reluctantly marched off between the two hulking hares, muttering rebelliously to himself. Huh, I can tell you what he's going to say. Same thing as usual. The young hare imitated his father perfectly, bowing his legs, sticking out his stomach, puffing both cheeks up and pulling his lips down at the corners as he spoke. What, what? Step me whiskers if it ain't to bold Tamo. Now then, ready, Buck, what have you got to say for yourself, eh? Speak up, sir. Lionham cuffed Tamo lightly to silence him. Enough of that. Can't let have your tail if he saw you making mock of him. Step lively now. Entering the largest of the conifer groves, they headed for a telltale spiral of smoke that denoted Camp Tussock. It was a rambling stockade, the outer walls fashioned from tree trunks, with a big dwelling house built of rock, timber, moss and mud chinking. This was known as the barracks. Moles, squirrels, hedgehogs and a few wood mice wandered in and out of the homely place, living there by kind permission of the colonel and his wife, Mem Divinia. Some of them shook their heads and tut-tutted at the sight of Tamo being led in to answer for his latest escapade. Seated close to the fire in his armchair, Colonel Cornsbury de Formolo Tussock was a formidable sight. He was immaculately attired in a buff-coloured campaign jacket covered with rows of jangling medals, his heavy-jowled face shadowed by the peak of a brown bark forage helmet. The colonel had one eye permanently closed, while the other glared through a monocle of polished crystal with a silken cord dangling from it. His wattled throat wobbled pendulously as he jabbed his pace stick pointedly at the miscreant standing before him. What, what? Step me whiskers if it ain't the bold demo. Now then, Ladybuck, what have you got to say for yourself, eh? Speak up, sir. 
Tamil remained silent, staring at the floor as if to find inspiration there. Grunting laboriously, the colonel leaned forward, lifting Tamil's chin with the pace stick until they were eye to eye. Smithers, uh, frog's got your tongue. Come on now, speak your piece. Something about me battle axe, what, what? Tamil did what was expected of him and came smartly to attention. Chin up, chest out, he gazed fixedly at a point above his father's head and barked out in true military fashion. Colonel, sir! Apologies about your battle axe. Only use it to play with. Promise upon me honour won't do it again, sir! The old hare's great head quivered with furious disbelief and the monocle fell from his eye to dangle upon its string. He lifted the pace stick and for a moment it looked as if he were about to strike his son. When the colonel could find us, his voice rose several octaves to shrill indignation. You've got the brass nerve to stand there and tell me you've been using my...